It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Wednesday. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Wednesday, and we are finally back on schedule because Tony Burke does join me in studio. How you doing, brother? Oh, doing great, John, on this beautiful Wednesday. Uh, we'll get to your lock later. I know. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Wednesday, November 2nd, uh, the, the leaves are beautiful. Now, they're all on the ground. And they're wet. You got to get them up, but they're beautiful. He, so I'm sitting in the parking lot, Scooter, Scooter Dingus with us, like I always do, mm-hmm. and this guy comes flying right at me. Not thinking, well, when I hit my brakes, I'm going to slide on all these leaves. I was, I was, I needed a helmet. <laughs> Tony Burke coming right at me, and he missed me. Thank, thank the Lord. You got to be careful out there, man. You slipped on the leaves? No. It's easy just, to slide on the leaves. He thinks is I'm, I'm going to slide into I thought him. he was going to slide right into me. Because <laughs> I slipped, my car skidded on the, now maybe I need new well, tires. Well, you need tires, yeah. They, you you got to. You know, I can see the, I can see the metal on my tires, but anyway. M&M Cards Hotline's open, 384-1450, 384-1450. You'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line, as always, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 502-414-1450. Get your text into that number. Talk about the World Series. We'll get to it. Man, the Phillies looked good last night. Tipping your pitches? Yeah, I think maybe, but as Tom House pointed out after the game, everybody tips their pitches. You just got to find it. It's more pronounced because it's the World Series. Everybody's looking for it. But, yes, Lance McCullers gave the Phillies something that they locked onto and hit five home runs last night in a 7 to nothing win. The Phillies now lead the series two games to none. Nets fired Steve Nash as we went off the air yesterday. Ime Udoka, come on down. You were suspended by the Celtics, but not by the league. So I guess you can coach in in New Jersey. Oh, no, that's Brooklyn now, not New Jersey. The Nets lost. They were so inspired by the news of Nash getting fired that they lost a home game to the Bulls last night. Kyrie with four points on two of 12 shooting. We'll talk about that. Uh, The Nets are a dumpster fire right now. NFL trade deadline yesterday. Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, I think, is huge. Uh, Tony's Vikings picked up a top-notch tight end. We'll talk about that as well. We begin with the college football playoff. First rankings came out last night. I gave you my picks. Wrong. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Scooter. Yeah, you were listening yesterday for part of the show anyway. I said Tennessee number one. I was correct. I said Georgia number two. They were three. I said Ohio State three. They were two. I said Michigan four. They were five. Not in the top four. Clemson was fourth. And here's the one that really sent my head spinning a little bit. I had TCU six. The committee said, nope, Alabama. One loss Alabama over TCU, who's had a tough schedule. TCU is seventh. And the Big 12 and Pac-12, for that matter, on the outside looking in here. And it seems like it's that way every year, Tony. The Pac-12, Big 12, you do what you want. You know, you play all these games. Oregon played Georgia, SC, UCLA, all got one loss. There's no love there for the Pac-12 or the Big 12, for that matter. No, I agree. They have to be undefeated. And uh, 
that's their only shot of getting in, in my opinion. And there's a scenario where they could take three SEC yes. teams. We're, I don't think I they will. I was going to ask you about that. But it can be done. And, man, I, I tell you what, it's – Okay, so Georgia beats Tennessee. No, I take it back. Yes, Georgia beats Tennessee. Tennessee would have one loss there. Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Alabama and Georgia would each have one loss there. Michigan, Ohio State, one of them's going to lose. If Clemson doesn't win out or TCU doesn't win out, all of a sudden you're looking at Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia and the the whoever survives Ohio State, Michigan. That's what would happen. I don't know if they would do that because it's three SEC teams. But I mean, now, you really all those things would have to happen. Yeah, it, it would have to work that way. But Tennessee loses by a point to Georgia. Yeah, and then Georgia, you know, loses to Alabama. I think it's possible. I think it's possible too because if Tennessee gets left out with one loss of the SEC championship game, they're the they're one of the best teams in the country, and they lose to one of those guys who you know you lose to Georgia. I mean, it's it's hard. Alabama. Has to win, in my opinion, unless something crazy happens, the SEC championship game. Right. Because they lose, they're not going with two losses. Yeah, they're They're not not going going with with two losses. And what about Oregon out there who got hammered by Georgia first week? If Georgia's undefeated, does Oregon get in? Oregon's been really, really good. Exactly. They they don't play Southern Cal in the regular season. It is likely they will play Southern Cal, although Utah could throw a a wrench in there, UCLA UCLA could throw a wrench in there. But it's likely that Oregon plays USC in the Pac-12 championship game, and the winner of that game has one loss and is sitting there going, hey, what about us there, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia? And, and TCU sitting down there with no loss. Yeah, I look at TCU. Uh, look, here's the schedule. At Colorado, Colorado's not good. Tarleton State, that doesn't turn the needle at all. At SMU. But they beat Oklahoma when Oklahoma was ranked. They beat Kansas when Kansas was ranked. They beat Oklahoma State when Oklahoma State was eighth in the country. They beat Kansas State, who just killed Oklahoma State, when Kansas State was 17th. They beat them by 10. Uh, One at West Virginia. They've still got Texas Tech at home, at Texas, and at Baylor. Those will be tough. Iowa State at home. It's the first week of the playoff rankings. The schedule from here on, it does matter if you have a difficult schedule or an easy schedule. And I think if TCU can win at Texas and Baylor and go 12-0 and here in the regular season, they're going to go right up the rankings because some of these teams are going to lose. Ohio State, Michigan, one of them is going to lose. Tennessee, Georgia, one of them is going to have one loss by Sunday. Yeah, but what you're telling me is the Pac-12 teams, not the Pac-12, the Big 12 Big teams, 12. all were ranked – Earlier, and they're not anywhere. Where are they so now? the schedule weekends, yeah. and I don't care where they were when they played them. That schedule weekends, and TCU's pulling for those teams to win yeah, games now. They want the teams to, to all in their conference Please to win. win some games. They need some losses out of other schools, and I don't see TCU running the table. All right, is Tennessee the best team in the country right now as we speak? Offensively, yes. I know they shut Kentucky down defensively. It's all going to come down to this weekend. And you always talk about they built those buildings out in Vegas and look at the spread. <laughs> Has Georgia. there ever been a number one team in the country, eight-and-a-half-point underdog That's in a, a game? There, it might have been, but I you, I can't tell you when. And when you got a team like Tennessee who's scoring and scoring and scoring and they're getting points yeah, and they're number one on, in those rankings, I mean, 
we always talk about big out of the fish. Big out of the fish tells you right now, no matter what you think, you better bet Georgia. Yeah, if it looks fishy, if it looks too good to be true, it is. Yeah. He says it all the time, and I would say 70% of the time he's right. And how much money, what percentage of the money will go on Tennessee this week, John? What do you think? Uh, a lot of it is already been on Tennessee, 80-plus percent That's what I would is say. on Tennessee. And they're not going to let you get away with that in Vegas or bookmakers. But th- I think the Sharps have said, let's put this money on Tennessee, get that spread to come down, then we'll play Georgia the other way here. Yeah. I, it, I, I, you think that game's going to get high rankings at right. 3.30 Saturday? Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Breeders' Cup, not around here, but in the Yeah, country, in, in yeah. the nation, it, it'd be people all glued in. Uh, Ohio State's two, Georgia's three. You good with that? Yeah, I, I can I can see that. Georgia's issue is uh, they were down 10 to Missouri in the fourth quarter. They won that game 26 to 22. Uh, Florida, they let Florida get back in the game last week. Um, they've just had a, a Kent State was in the game with them for a long time. But they seem to turn it on whenever they want to. Uh, they finished the game, Florida, 42-20. to 20. It was 28-3. to 3, Then it was 28-20. to 20, And then they just said, okay, enough of this. Georgia still has, after Tennessee, at Mississippi State, at Kentucky, and Georgia Tech. So a favorable schedule after the Tennessee game. Ohio State at number two. Michigan is – is up in arms about being fifth, mm-hmm. about being fifth behind Clemson. You got to do better scheduling in your non-conference. Uh, non-conference because the Big Ten now has nine conference games, right? So you only get three shots at it. Michigan's non-conference schedule: Colorado State, one of the worst Power Five. Well, not even a Power Five team. One of the worst Division One teams in the country. Hawaii. I, maybe that's for the return trip yeah, next I year. So. And UConn. And UConn won, beat Boston College this yeah, week. Boston John. College is terrible. That is an awful non-conference schedule for Michigan. Three home, all home games, Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. That doesn't do anything for you. No. The only top 25 team they've beaten is Penn State. It was in Ann Arbor. Uh, they got Rutgers this weekend. And obviously, they're going to finish with Illinois at Michigan. Illinois is ranked 16th and then at Ohio State. So you win those two games, you win out, Michigan, you're in the playoff. Okay, here's my question. Because Ohio State will have lost. Michigan and Clemson play on a neutral field right (sighs) now. What would the spread be? Michigan would be seven. I would say six. So Clemson's getting by with smoke and mirrors here. Now they're fourth. I don't think they're the fourth best team in the country. You look at some of their games, um, NC State, Okay, NC State was ranked tenth at the, at the at the time. They struggled in the first half against Boston College. I saw Wake Forest in person this weekend, and I know it was only Wake Forest's second loss against Louisville, but double overtime to beat Wake Forest, fifty-one to forty-five for Clemson. Florida State, they struggled against a Florida State team that was not playing well at the time, and then Syracuse should have beat them. Let's be honest about it. Syracuse, Syracuse should have beat them. I'm not giving you a preview of the uh, unsponsored six-pack, but I think Notre Dame beats Clemson in South Bend Saturday night. There you go. Um, I I looked at it for some uh, recreational purposes only. Of course. And I took Clemson, but I had trouble doing it. 
But if Clemson wins out, Tony, at Notre Dame, Louisville at home, Miami at home, who's been awful. Oh, Boy, that was a great game Saturday. 12-9 and four overtimes against Virginia. <laughs> Seven field goals. 14-12, I'm sorry. Uh, eight field goals. And South Carolina in the interstate rivalry game at home. Then they will probably get North Carolina in the ACC championship game. North Carolina in the yeah. ACC championship. So Clemson, realistically, uh, you got to go to South Bend and win. But right. realistically, looks like maybe 13-0 and 0 heading to the playoff. If they're fourth now and they keep winning, they're not going to drop. If they're Clemson, they will win those games. If they're a, a shadow of Clemson, one of those games will bite them. Alabama ahead of TCU. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that now? Later, I might be okay with that. Are you okay with that now? Now, TCU should be there. But once again, I always look at neutral field game. Those two played tomorrow. Alabama would be a couple touchdown favorite. I understand that. but when I know, I, I know what you're saying by record. When I look at Alabama, I'm not even saying by record. Texas, 20 to 19. Yeah. Texas should have beat them. Texas A&M, who's three and five, yeah, you're, you're, you're. twenty-four to twenty, and A and M was at the goal line at the end of the game. TCU should be ranked. <laughs> Had a chance to win it. <laughs> I mean, you look at at those two games plus the Tennessee loss. That's why I like LSU this weekend. LSU a Saturday night game at home in Death Valley, bringing the Crimson Tide in. Boy, that's going to be an interesting. That'll be rocking. Game. That'll be that will be rocking because LSU all of a sudden is. Uh, Rank 15th in the country. They're 6-2. and two. Brian Kelly was getting made fun of early in the year, and they've turned some things around there down on down in Baton Rouge. But it also makes you wonder, John, is how good is the SEC besides for the couple top teams? See, I, I'm of the belief that they're really good. I think Georgia's really good. I agree. Tennessee's really, really good. good. Alabama you just, can be really but good. But you just gave me the reason why Alabama's think, not that good. Right, the, the the close calls that they've had. LSU, better than we thought they were. I look at a team like South Carolina, who beat Kentucky and then lost at home to Missouri. And I go, what is South Carolina? They won in Lexington. And I don't know Kentucky didn't have Will Levis that night. But how good is South Carolina? Maybe they're better than we think. Kentucky, 5-3, and three, supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, but you also were talking about Missouri almost beating, you know, Georgia. Georgia. And then it makes me wonder, is it watered down or is it that strong? I think I lean toward it's that strong. Okay. And I could be wrong. In fact, if you're not an SEC fan, you're yelling at me right now. Oh, you're an idiot. Missouri almost beat Georgia. That doesn't mean Missouri's good. That means Georgia's bad. Yeah, you can Kentucky, look at it two different ways. Kentucky's got a tough one this weekend. Oh, I because you're going to Columbia, going. Missouri won at South Carolina. We already talked about the Georgia game. I'm not saying Missouri's any good, but I don't know how good Kentucky is either all of a sudden, especially well, offensively. And this game for Kentucky, they got they got to put Tennessee in the, in the taillights, and they have to be prepared for Missouri because if they lose that Missouri game, their season's on the brink. And if you go win, you're 6-3, and three, and you're going to lose to Georgia. But, you, you know, you got Louisville – you got games. You you can still go eight and four if you're Kentucky if you win this week. Todd Father texts you're an idiot, SEC bass. So thank you, Todd Father. <laughs> All right, here's Missouri's four losses, Tony. You got this one? Have you looked at this? No, I have not. At Kansas State, who was unranked at the time, but is now 
you know, they're top 20, 40 to 12. At Auburn, now look, I know Auburn's not good. You're still down on the Plains, and it was an overtime loss to Auburn, 17 to 14. A game they should have won. They lost they blew to, that game. Yep, they lost to Georgia, 26 to 22. We already talked about that. And they lost in Gainesville, 24 to 17. Uh, but then you look at the other things and you go, well, they beat Abilene Christian by 17. They beat Vanderbilt by three. They beat South Carolina on the road by 13. It's hard to tell, isn't it? <sighs> don't bet that game. Kentucky-Missouri, don't bet that game. Uh, at least I was right about Tennessee being in the number one spot. I don't think they're going to stay because I think what happens, I, I think Tennessee-Georgia – I think it goes down to the wire. What do you think? I think it does too. I think it's, I think you know, Tennessee has been so good at not turning the ball over. People don't talk about that. That when you run that offense, and that's why Hooker's been so good because you put somebody back here that can't run that, they're going to turn the ball over and they're going to go three and out a lot. I don't care how good they how are. How do they not get penalties? As they're quick as they man. run that offense. I don't know how they don't get. Yeah, defense penalties. can't even set up, and they're they're set, get ready defense, to go. You can't, you can't, you. It's it's a speed unlike anything you've seen. It's very few plays. No matter what they call, they're in a system where they're ready to go to do stuff. You can't stand there and give all those, you know, calls. different options off of the same formations and same same play call. And Tim Couch said that on the game one time when he played for Mummy. They didn't even have plays a lot of times. They just set up and had the same, you know, formations and ran plays out of them like you're out in the street. Works if you can be disciplined. Kentucky and Missouri, 12 o'clock noon on the SEC Network. Uh, Louisville, all right, we're going to take a break. Louisville's 5-3, and three, Kentucky's 5-3. and three. Who saw that coming? That and more, including World Series talk after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears, Tony Burke in studio. I forgot to tell you, we will get Tony's lock of the week coming up here in the final segment. Also, we'll go over some of the other college football games coming up this weekend. There are some great, great games this weekend. There's some bad games. There's always bad games. Penn State and Indiana comes to mind. But there are some great games this weekend, so we'll get some... uh, Thoughts from uh, the expert who's 7-2 and two now mm. after his lock, Southern Cal, gave up a meaningless, meaningless to the outcome of the game, I should say, touchdown to Arizona with 126 to play, Tony. The Arizona Wildcats cover against your Trojan. It was a 16-point lead on a 15 or 15-and-a-half-point 15 spread. Yep. A touchdown, minute 26. They go for two, get it. Game ends up eight points. And then uh, the worst feeling in the world is your team's taking a knee. USC got the onside kick, taking a knee, and you're going, I, I had it. That's why they call it gambling. And they, call, and they, they don't, don't call, call it winning. They right? don't call it winning. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open. <laughs> 502-384-1450, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 414-1450. Get your text into the show at that number, 502-414-1450. Texter says, uh, well, I'm not going to read that whole thing. <laughs> you got to keep it short, folks. 
Texture says, would be interesting to see how the committee would handle three one-loss SEC teams. George, we talked about this. Georgia beats Tennessee. Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. Uh, I don't think we've ever had three from the same conference in the four-team playoff. Uh, but as, as you mentioned, Tony, there's a scenario where it could happen. Now, if Clemson wins out or Michigan wins out or TCU wins out, maybe Oregon, and then it won't happen. But if all things equal, everybody's got a loss, including Oregon, including Clemson, including, um, well, obviously the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game, who do you keep out? That, that would be the interesting part. Who do you keep out? Especially if those games are one- or two-point games. And, and if you're TCU's moving teams the, up. What if TCU's the only undefeated team left? Mm-hmm. They Let's get, say Clemson loses. They get to play in the Blue Bonnet Bowl. Michigan loses and then Ohio uh, then beats Ohio State or vice versa. Yeah, it's And all of a sudden everybody's got one loss except TCU. What do you do? That's TCU's almost got to be in, but that doesn't mean they will be in. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. So we'll get Tony's lock of the week. He's he's excited to get back on the horse this week, right? You're yeah, excited? seven and two with seven and one coming in and lose one at the end. Yeah, seven and Sorry, two guys. still better than the unsponsored six pack. I'm back under five hundred after a two and four week. Water found uh, its level. Week that should have been four <laughs> and two, but again, that's why they call it gambling. Ohio State gives up a late unimportant touchdown to beat me. The Bills. Had an easy field goal there at the end, and Josh Allen throws a what he called a boneheaded interception. That would have okay, could have would have should yeah. yeah. There we go. I'm getting mad now. Well, it's time Can't to get that. back on the horse. I, John. I, I don't, I don't want to get mad, so let's talk about something happy. The Astros lost in the World Series again, seven nothing Philadelphia. Did, uh, was Lance McCullers tipping his pitches last night, Tony? Because everybody seems to think that is the reason that the Phillies hit five home runs in the first five innings. Well, I guess you look for a reason when they hit that many home runs. But, you know, Bryce Harper did go talk. To Alec Bone. The Bone. When he hit, hit the first pitch and he hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, it, it's it's easy to say. But maybe McCullers' balls, you know, they were all in the strike zone. And it didn't matter where they are. And I did, you know, Smoltz talked about that, about when your ball is in the strike zone and you're throwing a breaking ball or that, guys are on it. Yeah. They're going to hit it. Give John Smoltz credit, too, because he called the he basically called the Harper home run in the first inning. He said, Bryce Harper's going to go up here looking for a breaking ball, and you better not leave it out over the plate because if he gets what he's looking for, he's going to deposit it, and he sure did. I'm pulling for Bryce Harper. He, I like Bryce He Harper. left Washington before they won the World Series. And, uh, you know, he's been stuck. On, he's been hurt all year. He's DHing now. He can't play the outfield right now. But, man, he has had an unbelievable postseason that continued last night. I'm pulling for Dusty Baker. Other than that, I'm not pulling for any of the Astros. And I love watching these Phillies play, man. They, they're old-school Phillies. Uh, Nick Castellanos. After game one, running off the field, pulling his shirt up to show that he didn't have a wire on underneath there. That's hilarious. He's actually played good defense. Schwarber hit up, hit one to center last night that hit way up in the trees. Uh, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, and Reese Hoskins all homered also for the Phillies last night. And my guy, Ranger Suarez, Tony. I, I told you, 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 you got to give innings, him love. Three hits, no runs, a walk, four strikeouts. 
one of the best names in baseball, and he looked like a robot out there last night. There was no emotion from Ranger Suarez. The Phillies' bullpen in the three games, 13 innings pitched, no runs allowed, unearned or earned. The only 10 runs that have been allowed have been allowed by Nola and Wheeler, the two star starters. Aaron Nola will go tonight for Philadelphia at home in game four. Christian Javier will go for the Houston Astros. That game is basically a pick 'em on the DraftKings website. Both teams minus 110. Who you got tonight? You know, I'm going to stay with the Phillies, John, because they're just hyped right now. Everything's going well. And, uh, I love the Philly fanatics, so I got a pulse right there with the Phillies. <laughs> it's all about the mascot. It's all about right? the mascot. What about uh, that Houston thing with uh, the with rocket the, or whatever? The whatever things thing coming is. out of his ears. Uh, he can't. He can't hold up to the Philly. If fanatics. they will go back and wear the old 1980s uniforms that Nolan Ryan used to wear, the the pinstripe you know, the not pinstripe, yeah, but the, the different colors with the yeah the rainbow uniforms. I'll pull for them, but until they do that, plus the fact that they cheated, I can't pull for the Houston Astros. Uh, they'll get Nola tonight. They'll get Wheeler tomorrow night. Phillies are trying to say, look, we're going to win this thing at home, get it over with. Verlander will pitch game five here regardless. I still think if Houston gets back home, they win the series. Uh, they're pitching. I mean, the I Phillies' pitching has been great too. But It has. And I know you always talk about the Astros pitching, but it but it is the truth. And uh, old AD from St. X, he, he – Texted and said, oh, "Wow, gosh, you know, Here we when go. it started, the Phillies, you know, the Astros are so good." Are you like that? Try to can, can try you, to push it the other way. Can you not be happy when your team's playing well? Oh, I, I'm always happy when my team's playing well. well I, you're I, a I Texas don't, I, Rangers I, fan, I, so it's hard. well. I mean, you're talking baseball. I'm just talking about any sport. You know, don't look at all the negatives. Yeah, look at the it, positives. The guy we're talking about, he's looking at all the negatives. His team was 22 and 29. They fired the manager. Now they're in the World Series and he can't be happy. Uh, but what did what did I don't he, understand he, that. in a text he said, "Well, you know, before the he act like they were going to lose." Yeah. Why would you think that? You're in the World Series, man. That was a fun game last night. What a fun atmosphere. And I if thought you're I, a Philly. I, I thought Fox did a great job of uh, crowd coverage. They show <laughs> Kate Upton got a shout out last night. Kate Upton should always get a shout yeah, out. Yeah. Number 1. Verlander's uh, got a tough life. Tim McGraw in his powder blue Phillies uniform that his dad used to wear. Tugs boy. Uh, he was in the stands. Derek Jeter. I don't know why Derek Jeter was there, but he got a, got a shout out. Because he's Derek Jeter. Yeah, he was in a luxury box. You know, he's not going to interact with the general fan. But uh, Jeter was there. Yeah. yeah you know. They don't even have to bring Rocky out on the field, do they, and play the music? They're, they're they haven't had good. to yet. Now, 7 nothing is 7 nothing. Three home runs in the first two innings of a World Series game. First time that's ever happened in a hundred and whatever, however many years it is. Uh, three home runs in the first two innings by the same team. Phillies, there's something there, Tony. There's some kind of karma going on, some kind of meant to be, didn't see it coming. They're the sixth seed in the National League. So what happens tonight if the Astros turn the tables and beat them 8-1? to one? The entire conversation flips. Yep, 100%. Because Justin Verlander, who has not pitched well in the postseason, is still Justin Verlander. He's going to win the Cy Young. He's going to go to the mound in Game 5 on uh, Thursday, which will then be a must-win for for Philadelphia. You're going to have to win at home and go up three. You can't go back to Houston down 3-2. Agreed. And I think that's very possible tonight, by the way. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, Alvarez isn't hitting. Altuve hasn't hit the whole 
playoffs, those those bats are eventually going to come alive. If you're the Phillies, you just hope that you you uh, can put them down while those guys are not hitting because those guys are going to hit eventually. Bregman, Gurriel, all of them, they're going to hit. Yeah, and that uh, you, you, you just expect, hope it's next year. Well, you hope Nola comes out and just throws a, a, a super game. Nola struggled in uh, in game one. He gave up five runs. Um, a game the Phillies came back and won six to five. Think about that. They they came back from a five nothing deficit in game one in Houston. If they don't win that game, it's basically down two zero coming back home, and they're hanging on for dear life here. It builds a lot of confidence when you do that, and I think it's rolled over even though they lost that game. But it'll be interesting. It always is, and uh, things change in a hurry when uh, you bring different pitchers out and you, you hope if you're the Astros, you come out and shut them down and get to Verlander, and then all of a sudden, like you said, you're you're back in the driver's yeah. seat. Uh, before we take a break, NFL trade deadline was yesterday. A couple of big ones. Uh, Bradley Chubb, the edge rusher, goes from Denver to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are all in here now. They think they can do some damage uh, in the NFL. They're going to stick with Tua. They've got uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. they got a good tight end in Gesicki. They add to their defense, which has been a little suspect, but Bradley Chubb's a good pickup. And Tony's Minnesota Vikings, if you'd have told me yesterday at this point of the day, a NFC North team is going to go out and get a great receiver. From? I would have thought, okay, who are the Packers going to get? That's what I would have thought. Packers did nothing again for Aaron Rodgers. The Bears get Chase Claypool. Hello, Scooter. As the Steelers have apparently given up. See ya. (laughs) The Bears get a wide receiver. And the Vikings, 6-1, and they go out and they get one of the best tight ends in the league. Not only a good receiver, but a good blocker for Dalvin Cook. Keep that in mind. T.J. Hawkinson, you had to be on cloud nine when you heard that yesterday. Yeah, it just still surprises me that a team in your division would give you yeah, that good in the player. Division. I mean, I know you're getting draft choices and money and all that good stuff, but, yeah, the Vikings, they, Irv Smith gets hurt, Irv Smith Jr., and yep. they, go get, uh, they go get one of the best tight ends and a guy that I think will thrive in that offense. Oh, he is going to thrive in that offense. When you've got Justin Jefferson – and Adam Thielen, and Jefferson's being double-covered, and you got to know where Thielen is all the time, and Dalvin Cook's a threat out of the backfield. I'm just a tight end. I'm one-on-one. I'm going to be able to get into a zone and get into a spot, and when they ask me to block, I will. Boy, Hawkinson just went from the outhouse to the penthouse. And that's kind of like Hurst for the, the Bengals. I know Chase is out now, but he moved into that system. He's got all those receivers, yeah. and they get him the ball a lot. And you went from one and six in Detroit to six and one in Minnesota. That's the best part if you're a player. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Detroit right now, if the season ended today, and luckily it doesn't, Detroit would have the first pick in the draft. Uh as Houston would have the second pick. Uh Dan Campbell's not going to be the guy making that pick. But right if you're Houston, I guess right now you're gonna look and see which quarterback you want, right? Is hard knocks the right words for the oh, wow. Lions? See, Hard Knocks does the same thing every year. They get you excited about a team, and oh, you yeah. think, oh, man. Oh, man, they're going to have a great year. They're gonna, they are going to be in the playoffs this year. And now here we are, Detroit's 1-6. and six. I'm interested in the what's coming up, I think, next week, which is in-season Hard Knocks in Arizona. Yeah, they've had their Yikes. issues. Three and five, I think, the Cardinals. What do you all make I, of the – I think the, the Cardinals would cancel that if they, if they could. What do you all make of the Calvin Ridley trade? I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he goes to – here's the interesting thing. He got suspended for a full year 
for betting on a on the Falcons to beat Jacksonville last year. Guess who he got traded to, Scooter? <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> now, he's out for the season. He's not going to play this year. I like the move by Jacksonville. We're not going anywhere. We've got Trevor Lawrence here. We've got Tra- Travis ATN at running back. We need a number one receiver. And we're getting ready for next year. Falcons are in first place. Now, Ridley can't play this year, so they make the deal. They get draft picks. I think it's a good deal for both teams because mm-hmm. Jacksonville's not going anywhere this year. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a, that's I a, didn't even realize that's a good that. Trade. That's a good point. Uh, the other made. big trade, and it happened the day before, was Roquan Smith. Uh, the Ravens needed help on defense. They got a lot of help. You get the guy that's leading the league in tackles, which the Ravens haven't done very well. That's tackle people. Raven offense, they're going to score points. They got to stop the other teams. That's why they've lost some games in the fourth quarter. And Roquan Smith, it's a first place team. They're a game ahead of the Bengals in the uh, AFC North. Baltimore contender for the Super Bowl. Maybe it's hard to say that with Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC, but that's a big that's a big move by the Ravens. I like it. If you're a Bears fan, they trade Mac, they trade Smith. I know that Smith wasn't happy, but you're 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 trading. The best defensive players you have, yeah. and you, you just got. If you're a Bears fan, you just got to be going. They, are we ever going to be good again? Well, they gave up 49 to the Cowboys this weekend, 42 offensive points. But what the Bears did do well, they went and got Chase Claypool. So to me, that's the Bears saying, "Hey, we figured out what we need for Justin Fields. We like what we're seeing out of Justin Fields. He's our guy. Let's get him some weapons." And they went and got Chase Claypool. I like that as much as I dislike getting rid of Roquan Smith. Well, Smith wanted out, too. He's been he wanting out all year. He did. And and guess what? The Bears aren't going to the playoffs, and you were going to have to pay him at the end of the year. That's probably a pretty good move. All right, let's take a break. Back to college football. We'll talk a little NBA after the break, but we'll get Tony's lock of the week and some other uh, interesting insights of where he thinks some of these games might end up this weekend. All that and more, you're listening to Scooter and Tony. And me, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears, Tony Burke in studio. Final segment today. We'll get Tony's Lock of the Week coming up. College Football Lock of the Week. M&M Cards Hotline's open, 384-1450 if you'd like to join in on the conversation. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I missed this yesterday, so I'm going to ask Tony, was he there November 1st, 1997, 25 years ago, final game by UofL at the Fairgrounds Cardinal Stadium. East Carolina beat the Cards 45-31. to the crowd that day, 12,850. It was Ron Cooper's final team. That uh, Cardinal team went 1-10 that season. Smallest home crowd since 1983. 12,850 were you one of them. I think you I, probably tailgated. I tailgated the game, I think, and left before the game. <laughs> uh, we did that a lot. <laughs> we did that a lot. That back you. exit there on uh, – Louisa or whichever, yeah. Locust Lane back there. We'd go in, tailgate. They'd come out and tell you to leave, and we'd leave. You leave. Go home, watch, uh, watch, watch a another game, game that mattered. All right. 
Well, that's what I wanted to know. All right, before we get to uh, college football, the Nets fired Steve Nash yesterday. Nash and the Nets started 2-5 and five this season. They're now 2-6 and six after they lost to the Bulls at home last night. Ime Udoka is now finalizing a contract to be the next coach. Now, Ime Udoka was in the, I don't know, 35- or 40-day spot where he had been suspended by the Celtics for violating some um, – I don't know, violating a woman, I guess is one way to say it, but violating some team rules, some guidelines. Um, He was suspended for a year without pay. Now he's going to get to go to Brooklyn, coach the Nets, probably as early as this weekend, and he's going to be getting paid. Everything's hunky-dory. If you're the NBA, do you step in here and say, hey, wait a minute. And the Celtics, and I'm a Celtic fan, how do you not ask for any compensation here? He is the reigning coach of the year. And he is their coach. He is their officially their coach, even though he's suspended. They have an interim coach right now. He's reigning coach of the year, took his team to the NBA Finals, a team that wasn't expected to get there last year, and now you're just letting him go for free to a division rival. Blows my mind. Yeah, I, I can't believe the NBA is not going to say, this is a – this is a bad look for the it's a NBA. It's horrible look. There's but, a lot of horrible looks going on in Brooklyn. And you know what? With Kyrie's situation right now and that situation. Um, you got Ben Simmons with a knee injury, which might be a good thing for the Nets. But you got Ben Simmons' knee injury has flared up again. Kyrie with his anti-Semitic comments. Uh, Kyrie, by the way, 2 for 12 last night for four points in the loss to the Bulls. Kyrie hasn't been asked to apologize. Kyrie hasn't. Now, the Nets didn't make him available to the media last night. They don't want the questions coming here. Now, the Nets are a dumpster fire, Tony. And here's here's the bad thing about this. Well, it's all bad. bad. But Kevin Durant's legacy is going to end up being you couldn't win without Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, and and Durant's so good. But I saw on Sports Center where he said he was sleeping. He was shocked, and he woke up and he turned on Sports Center shocked. and saw that they had fired Steve Nash. That's how he found out. And he said he was shocked. Yeah, he wanted him out in the off season. Keep in mind, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving got together. They wanted Steve Nash to be the coach. They wanted James Harden to be on the team. How'd that work out for you? At some point. If you're Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, although Kyrie Irving never takes accountability for anything, but if you're Kevin Durant, you got to say, "Yeah, you're right. I did. We did. We did want Steve Nash in here. That's that's our bad. That was our mistake. He'd never coached before. Uh, yeah, we wanted James Harden. That didn't work. Yeah, we understand that didn't work out. When do you take accountability? And his legacy is going to be he won two titles with the Golden State Warriors, who could have won them without him. That's what it's going to be. And he's one of the best players. In NBA history, but that's not how it's going to end up sounding. Well, what happens when the patients run the asylum? And that's what happens here. Yeah, and this is exactly what happens. Going off the tracks because you're letting guys make decisions, which are which you might think are in the best, you know, for the organization. But you gotta you gotta have guys making decisions for other reasons besides for your star players wanting guys, and that doesn't always work out, and it's showing in Brooklyn. The winner in this whole situation, Steve Nash. He got out of it. Oh, I, I, Steve Nash probably Steve happy. Steve Nash probably is smiling right now all the way to the bank. 
I, I wouldn't disagree with that a bit, John. And you know what? The other players Brooklyn has, it's just – you said New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> might as well be. Yeah, I mean, might as well put them over Jimmy Hoffa the way let, they've been going. Uh, let Calipari coach them again, right? <laughs> Would you make a Coach Cal, by the way, coming out with his video saying, "Hey, look, it's uh, don't be. It's going to be a rough November and rough December here. We got a tough schedule. We got a long way to go. I mean, he's done it before. He wants to get ahead of the of the criticism here. If Kentucky doesn't win against some of these teams they play early, um. This is a talented team. You still got Oscar Sheepway, Tony. Oh, you guys, just Cal Talk. What's he doing? It's Cal Talk, and Oscar will be back, and when Oscar comes back, it makes them the, one of the best teams. You know, they can play these scrimmages and these games, but when they you have the reigning player of the year comes back, and he averaged 15, 17 <laughs> points and 15 rebounds, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, I wouldn't be crying about my no, early season come schedule. On. Uh, I do want to say uh, I feel bad for Damian Collins. He lost his yes. father unexpectedly yesterday. His father had moved to Lexington to be closer to his son. Uh, always sad when something like that happens. It, obviously, the team and the coaching staff have rallied around him. Damian Collins is a big cog for this team as well. And here's what people forget that that live and die with college sports. These are kids. And, you know, they are kids when you put them down and you do all this stuff. And this is a kid yeah. that lost his dad. And – that's hard for anybody, but when you're in the spotlight, it's even harder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just a rough situation. All right. Uh, segue here. Tough segue, but yeah, we need we Tony's lock of the week, college football lock of the week. Scooter, I know you're going to write it down. You've been riding this wave. Yeah, that, but he's uh, not too happy with you me. You fell off the surfboard last week uh, on the wave, but you yeah. got, you're right back up. Scooter? I, I was going to say, bet it at your own discretion. Yes, and I had never told <laughs> anyone to play it. I just said it's well, I always write it down, of the week. and I'm, if you're betting it, you're pl- you're in the plus column. Let's just put it that way. That's right. If you've been riding the riding the storm the whole way. All right, John, here Give it me comes. Give the winner. I'm going, I'm going with a team that got routed You're not going week. USC again, are you? No, no, no. Right. I'm going with the team that was embarrassed coming back, and I'm going to go with Oklahoma State yep, at Kansas. They're, they're given two points, and after that embarrassing loss, and if you go back and look at their games, they've scored a ton of points. They've been in games. 48 to nothing, Kansas State. That, I, I could not believe that. And I know in our recreational picks, I had taken Kansas State. But I think they got embarrassed so bad last week that Mike Gundy, I'll, uh, I'll give the couple coming points. Coming through that door. Come, I'll, they'll, they'll score points He's a man. this week. 40. I'm, I'm a man. 40. Right, with the mullet. Oklahoma State, Tony Burke, lock of the week. We'll Write see that we can... one down. Last week I was a little waving. This one, I'm back on the train, baby. <laughs> oh, he's feeling good. He's feeling his oats today. Feeling good about himself. Let's. Uh, I like it. Let's see how that uh, comes in this weekend. That is, by the way, that's a 3:30 game on FS1 on Saturday. All right, let's get uh, your a thoughts. A lot of people on... be watching that with the uh, Tennessee Georgia game on. Yeah, let's get your thoughts on some other games. Let's start with Tennessee Georgia, number two against number one here. Both teams 8-0, CBS 330, 8.5 is a crazy number, it seems, in this game. It's the craziest number I've ever seen on a team like Tennessee that just scores, scores, scores. So I'm going with Georgia. I just Everything says Tennessee, so I'm going with Georgia. <sighs> I'll let you know. I don't know if it's going to be part of the six-pack. It, 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 from what I've seen, and I watched almost the entire Alabama game, watched – as much as I could stomach of the Kentucky game last week, 
Boy, Tennessee just looks like the real. I coach. agree with you, John. That's why I, I don't see any reason not to there. take Tennessee. Besides, for everybody's going to take Tennessee. All right, number five, Clemson at Notre Dame. Uh, the Irish are five and three. They've looked a lot better here lately. That's an NBC night game in South Bend. Clemson is uh, minus four. <sighs> I'm yeah, gonna, I feel I, that way too. I want to take Clemson, but I'm going to go with Notre Dame just because of the fact that, once again, Clemson's trying to get into the championship. Notre Dame looked terrible early, and it will be it will be rocking up in South Bend. And so let's let let's you you said money line them. I'm I'm yeah, going I'm going to take the three and a know, half. Notre Dame Notre Dame has a once a year or or a couple one about once a year they bring somebody in there that's really good. They've done it to Clemson before. They bring them in for a night game, which you don't see very often in South Bend, and circle the wagons, and they don't they they lock the gates and don't let you out till they got the lead. And I feel like that might be what happens this weekend. Alabama LSU seven o'clock Death Valley, six ranked Crimson Tide. They're seven and one. LSU surprisingly after that start is now six and two. Um, they lost to Florida State in that opener, but they've been pretty good ever since. Alabama's thirteen on the road. That's an ESPN night game. I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take LSU at home. I'm, I want the points. You give me the points, Alabama. Once again, I think the casual better just says Alabama. Alabama's gonna beat LSU, so I, I'm gonna take the points in LSU. I, I'm not sold on how good LSU is, but once again, down there in the down there in the Bayou, they gonna be rocking. And Brian Kelly might actually get his uh, southern accent. He might. Right. He, he might, might start talking Cajun again. Invite his family. <laughs> <laughs> Noon game uh, on FS1, which means it is actually uh, – it's on Fox, excuse me. It's actually 11 a.m. there. It feels a lot earlier. Texas Tech, 4-4 four and four at 7th-ranked and undefeated TCU. Texas Tech has struggled as of late. They do score a lot of points. TCU at home is a 9.5-point favorite here. I'm going to keep with my system today. I'm going to take the Red Raiders and the points just because TCU is going to blow one somewhere, and uh, that's kind of how I look at it. It feels like every year when the playoff rankings come out, people are in an uproar. Oh, how is Michigan not in the top four? How is Clem- Why is TCU not ahead of Alabama? How, do you- how is Tennessee? And then that particular weekend – Crazy things happen, and teams get beat that you don't see it coming. This would be one of those you don't see it coming if Texas Tech was able to pull the upset. I don't think they pull the upset. No, I don't but, I think they cover. But I certainly expect a much better game than uh, what Vegas is looking at at 9.5 here. All right, uh, let's go down the list. Texas at Kansas State. Kansas State's ranked 13th all of a sudden. That's a 7 o'clock night game. Texas is 2.5 on the road Unranked Texas over 13th-ranked Kansas State, Texas's favorite. Adrian Martinez has been really good, but Can't. so has Quinn Ewers for Texas. Wow. Uh, you have to take Texas giving points after the team that just beat Oklahoma State by 100. Crazy, yeah. So crazy. I go, I'm, I'm staying with the system I'm, I'm keeping with. <laughs> I, I might have to go parlay these. All right, we got less than a minute. Kentucky and Missouri, Kentucky one and a half. I think I, I would take Kentucky. I think they were embarrassed last week, and I think they will come back in a close, low-scoring game. Does Louisville need to be on upset alert? Seven I, and a half at home against James Madison. I firmly Madison. believe that, John. James Madison, the uh, best ground defense in the country. They haven't played that type of game, but it's going to probably be rainy and nobody there. It is a trap game for the Cardinals. 
Can't believe the fans don't show up. That, it was terrible last week. I was there. Couldn't believe it. 3.30 game, beautiful weather, playing 10th rank Wake Forest. They don't show up. But the cards showed up, and that's the important part. Thanks to Justin on the other side of the glass. Tony For Tony Burke, John Spears saying so long. Thanks for listening. Ed Peak joins me tomorrow. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.